Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Today we're looking at the Money Hero Group. They are a portfolio of digital finance companies on a mission of financial empowerment. So they blend insight and technology and that mission. They are the fintech behind some of the best known aggregated platforms here in Singapore. Seedly, uh, Singapore SingSaver. Over in the Philippines, they're known as Money Max. They have Money Hero in Hong Kong in their portfolio. Money 101 in Taiwan. Compare Hero in Malaysia. The list is long. There are Hong Kong-based business and they offer comprehensive comparison and analysis over some 350 financial products operating, as you heard, in Singapore, Hong Kong, Taiwan, the Philippines and Malaysia with their respective local market brands. They're newly listed on NASDAQ, listed in October this year. Money Hero's new US shares opened near $5.39 following the completion of their merger with a special purpose acquisition company, Bridgetown Holdings. Its last done share price is is $2.89. Nawaz Imam is Group Head of Strategy at the Money Hero Group. Nawaz, good morning. Good morning, Michelle. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. It is lovely to talk to you because, you know, when we got in touch, you told me about all the brands that Money mm. Hero is behind. I thought, my goodness, this is an opportunity to really get at the player behind all these brands. Fascinating work. You have close to 10 million users. Mm-hmm. What is your company's revenue model? It's a fascinating business um, because, you know, if we just start with the mission of the company... Uh, it's really to make life's financial decisions a time-saving and rewarding uh, experience. Now, you can only really do that by two elements. One is, you know, really coherent focus on users. So the close to 10 million that you mentioned, people that come across uh, our first-party uh, platforms that you also alluded to, really making sure we're giving them the right kind of offers um, that are in place, uh, the right content as well to enable them to uh, learn more about the options that are there for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also on the other side of the fence, um, it's about the uh, suppliers. And these are financial services firms mm. at the end of the day. Because if you think about the uh, the journey that a user goes through when they go to our platforms, if you've ever been to SingSaver or Seedly, you'll know that you can learn about a lot of things. You can look at all the offers. But you can also apply for those products. Directly, yeah. Right? Through mm-hmm. that. Um, And ultimately, then you end up becoming a uh, customer of the financial services firm, whether it's a bank uh, or an insurance company. So really, the the crux of it is, can you provide the best value for your users Mm -hmm. to enable them to keep coming, Mm -hmm. come back? Uh, And then at the same time, for your financial services firms, you're giving them customers at the end of the day. So to directly answer your question about the revenue model, Essentially, the majority of our revenues come through when we deliver customers to financial services firms. So you get a fee from your partners. Exactly. exactly Every time somebody picks up a product through one of your sites. That's exactly right. Got it. Yeah, that's 100% the case. Got Um, it. Why why list on NASDAQ via SPAC? Yeah, so basically, um, look, I think um, Bridgetown uh, is an entity that uh, we uh, knew. um, We had an existing uh, relationship with uh, as well. It's well known that... uh, you know, one of our one of our backers has been uh, Pacific Century Group. You know, there is a relationship that was uh, that was in place there. 
So I think uh, I think we were very comfortable with uh, with working with uh, the team at Bridgetown, and you know we were able to consummate that. I think for the benefit of everybody, um, and you know why Nasdaq? Well, firstly, Bridgetown was uh, already listed on Nasdaq. Um, that is the nature of SPACs; they are a a shell of cash, um, and so the listing was already there. Now, I don't think it's also any secret that uh, you know Nasdaq is also known as a preeminent uh, venue. Uh, from a trading perspective uh, for technology uh, companies what, well. what will the net, net listing proceeds of 100 million be going to? Is your focus still going to be primarily Southeast Asia? Yeah, so I think Asia is our bread and butter at the end of the day. This is the region that the company uh, was founded in. Um, it's, the com- it's the region that we have our operating business in. Um, and I think that we will, uh, we will continue to be uh, in the region uh, itself. Now, I think use of proceeds at the end of the day, look, number one, I think, you know, we are in a very strong position um, within the industry itself. So I think when you're looking at any company, just zooming out, you know, you're thinking about the industry structure mm-hmm. uh, that you operate in. Yeah. Um, it is the case that we are the scaled player uh, in this industry structure itself, online you know, consumer finance aggregation. Um, having proceeds at this point in time really enables up to, I would say, level up our business even more going forward. Um, really just invest across the entire piece of the business, right, across all the different functional areas. Um, and it also leaves the, um, you know, leaves an interesting window open, I would suggest, uh, at this point in the cycle as well, to maybe explore some inorganic opportunities as and when they come up. Uh, now, there's nothing on the radar screen necessarily that I can speak to, but it is great, I would say, to have a very strong, you know, net cash position uh, mm. as well. Well, speaking of cash, Money Hero has yet to become profitable. Mm. In your SEC filing, you outline a clear path to profitability uh, that includes operational management efficiency, company-wide reorganization, reducing operational costs. What can you tell our listeners about what this path to profitability is going to entail? Yeah. So I think if you look at our first half uh, numbers, um, our adjusted EBITDA uh, was, uh, was only a, sort of a negative 900K uh, U.S. loss, um, you know, and essentially that loss has narrowed massively uh, over the preceding uh, few quarters uh, to get here. So I do think that it's exactly like you know you just you just mentioned. It's a case of just executing against the business, getting more scale. I mean, uh, the majority, for example, of our traffic also comes from organic sources. So the more the more you go forward in time, um, you know, the more the business grows. Uh, ideally, uh, of course, the more should flow through to the bottom line, right? Mm. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's also a case of taking advantage of the, of the operating environment we're in. Um, I think looking forward, by no means, at least as far as I'm concerned, is our, um, is our addressable market across our, our markets tapped out. I mean, there's a growth opportunity ahead of us, right? Uh, one of the reasons why you want to uh, raise capital for a business is because you want to invest in growth. Um, so all of that is yet to also come. I mean, you know, listeners can go, for example, onto our investor relations website, and there's a report there by Euromonitor, which is in the public domain, that actually outlines the future uh, of the industries that we operate in across the, the five markets we're in right now. You just look at some of the forecasts there, for example, for GDP growth that's coming, uh, digital penetration that's yet to come across these markets, and, and you can see that there's, a, there's an opportunity in there. So, I mean, just to, just to come back to your point about path to profitability, I think there is a clear path to profitability in terms of the nature of the business model. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the business, we're also there to invest in growth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you want to be able to take advantage of the opportunity. Maybe there's a, you know, you, by nature of investing in growth, you have to go through a bit of a, a, bit of a phase, 
right? Until you get the growth coming in on, uh, even more growth rather, coming in uh, on the other side. Now, Asimam is joining me live. He's Group Head of Strategy for Money Hero Group. You're committed to educating consumers on all things to do with personal finance. In terms of your Singapore portfolio, how have you helped clients get the most out of this year, for example? What have you helped consumers with? I think it's an, it's an ongoing journey, right, um, that we're helping uh, consumers with. So, I mean, the portfolio of products that we, that we have on our platforms in Singapore uh, across uh, Seedly and SingSaver, um, it's a wide range of products. I mean, you know, it's, you can look across all the credit cards. You have all the general insurance options uh, on there. You've got, you know, basically consumer banking or consumer finance from a banking perspective as well as consumer finance from an insurance perspective mm. uh, covered on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, our, I think our ethos is really just to, number one, make sure we have, you know, the, as wide a range of uh, products and offers yeah. that are there. So it's, it's incumbent on us to give those options to our, to our users. Uh, and at the end of the day, also make sure we have the right, um, you know, the right type of content as well that's resonating with users to continue to uh, educate them, like you said. Mm, we were chatting a little bit about B2B creatory. Is that uh, something that users in Singapore can tap on? So it's really, really interesting. Um, so even from a business model perspective, this is really fascinating, right? So on the one hand, we have our first party platforms, right? Like SingSaver and CD, where people go on. It's very well known, right? There's no denying that. The other side to the business that we actually do operate across the whole of Asia as well, not just in Singapore, um, is Creatory, which is essentially a model that we came up with with that allows what we call third-party content providers and other online platforms, right, to essentially commercialize their offerings. So what does that mean in practice? Imagine this. You're a a blogger, right? Right. You've started writing about uh, something to do with lifestyle or, or, or some other type of topic that intersects with consumer finance. Now, the question is, how do you monetize that, right, as a blogger? Um, what we've done is essentially said, we have all of these offers that we have already uh, structured with financial services firms, right? Mm-hmm. Why don't we open them up to these third parties as well? So every time there's a blog, as an example you can also have a link in there, right? The links back to, for example, a credit card or uh, any other type of financial services product for which we have an offer. Now, the beauty of this is multifold from all angles. Number one, from a consumer's point of view, clearly you may be very used to going to a particular type of source, right? Like a blogger, for example, you may, have, you may feel that the content there is, is something that resonates with you. You can just directly apply for that product from that side. So we're actually empowering the user to stay within their own user journey. Mm. We're also empowering that creator mm-hmm. um, to get an income stream that's coming through. So sort of affiliate marketing, but you're not yeah. telling the blogger to write about these products. If they happen to already be recommending these products, then they can embed a link through this program. Yeah, so, so basically there is an account management team that is there within Creatory, right? They manage the relationships with all of these uh, third-party affiliates, as we call them. And it's a continual process of structuring the right type of engagement with them and, and making sure that's all optimized, mm-hmm. right, from all angles. Interesting. Uh, but from a business point of view, really, it really expands our reach as well because we're also cognizant that not everybody can, would want to come to our platform. You're tapping right? to micro-communities. Exactly. Yeah, really that's exactly fascinating. Right. Has revenue risen 45% over the last five years? It's roughly around that number that from a amazing. compound annual growth So in growth terms of product development, can you give us any hints on what, what could be in the offering? Yeah, look, I think in terms of the overall kind of uh, outlook for that, um, I think number one, 
you know, we're always trying to kind of optimize our user experiences. Mm. Um, you know, so we're always trying to see what, what else can be done um, to benefit you know, users from, from that perspective. Uh, and that can cut across so many, so many different dimensions. Um, what are users telling you they want? I think, I think if you just go back to mining, you know, people like me and you, <laughs> and what, what we want is we want ease of use, right? At the end of the day, we want just clarity. Uh, we want something that's as engaging as it can possibly be. Um, we also look at some interesting, um, you know, product developments every once in a while as well. So I think you may have seen that uh, we just launched Seedly Insurance, which is a general insurance uh, product that essentially has a Seedly branding mm-hmm. uh, in place. So we'll be, you know, quite opportunistic and look at those kinds of situations uh, mm-hmm. as well. Uh, you know, that's here in Singapore. Uh, we'll see what happens in, you know, across the rest of the markets as well. Um, but we're kind of, we're kind of angling, angling along, along those lines. And also the last thing I would say is that from an insurance point of view in particular, which is a key area of focus for us into 2024 and beyond, mm. you know, insurance is a vertical that we've seen quite strong growth in, um, particularly post-COVID, as you can imagine. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also the one vertical where we are able to put in quite a few what's called end-to-end journeys. So the user can actually go look at the product apply for it and pay for it all in one life cycle, right? And that's something we want to continue to uh, obviously expand uh, because that's a great user experience. Really fascinating. We're speaking with Nawaz Imam, Group Head of Strategy at the Money Hero Group, listed on NASDAQ, did so in October this year. Let's get to know you, Nawaz. Uh, MHG, Money Hero Group, is the leading personal finance aggregator platform in Asia. What is your read of uh, important market trends our listeners should take note of? Yeah, I mean, we, this is an area that we spend quite a lot of time um, thinking about, just given the reach of the portfolio um, and across the markets as well. Look, I think a few different things. Um, you know, I think from a consumer banking uh, point of view, um, you know, we're, we're obviously very uh, cognizant about what's going on in the global uh, macroeconomic world mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, we'll see what happens into 2024, uh, something we're keeping an eye out for. Uh, but I would say that in general, um, the banks, uh, as far as I see it uh, in the region, you know, they're all pretty well capitalized. Um, they've all been showing uh, record numbers of profitability. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, this is a, like I alluded to before, these regions that we're operating in are growth regions, right, um, across the piece. Um, so I think the in, continue to invest in customer acquisition from a banking point of view is something I can easily uh, see continuing uh, going forward. Um, the other thing we're looking at uh, is the role of technology and how uh, technology will pl- continue to play a part. Um, I don't think it's any secret or any surprise that uh, banks and insurance companies always want to level up their digital uh, experiences with mm. their users. Um, I think you can see that across the board in terms of the different features they themselves are releasing uh, across their own uh, applications as well. And I think that's just generally a trend that benefits us as well, because digital engagement is positive uh, for everybody. And I do think that, um, you know, we have a portfolio across what I would call developed Asian markets, like Singapore and Hong Kong, as well as emerging Asian markets, like the likes of the Philippines, for example. And over there, um, I think, you know, what we see uh, is that, number one, you know, GDP growth structurally remains really quite strong. Uh, people are getting onboarded into the financial services system. That's, uh, that's continuing. Mm-hmm. Um, we continue to see a lot of appetite uh, coming through from those, uh, those types of regions um, and particularly in, in those kinds of countries. Um, and I, I fundamentally expect that 
to continue. I mean, it seems like we're in a bit of a Goldilocks period as well, uh, where you've seen kind of, you know, growth still remaining pretty strong, but inflation has been, you know, kind of coming down a little bit because of obviously the central bank reaction functions of increasing rates. Um, so I think all of that ties together quite nicely. Uh, to be frank. Do you see a difference in terms of market opportunity for Money Hero Group differing between those developed and developing markets? Yeah, I mean, it is. Um, there are some differences, I would suggest. Um, from a developed market's point of view, I mean, if you think about it, our level of penetration with regards to, for example, the number of unique users that come to our platforms in those markets is already quite high. Right. If you think about the numbers in Singapore, for example, relative to the population <laughs> that's in Singapore. However, is it the case that we have achieved full penetration across all the different types of product lines in a financially uh, deep uh, region like Singapore? No, is the answer to that. I mean, there are multifold number of products, financial products. You can go basically you can go up the complexity curve a little bit, right, uh, with regards to what you can do to service uh, customers' appetite. Uh, for their financial lives as a whole. Whereas in the emerging markets, it's much more of a pure penetration story because the market itself, even in the most basic and financial simple you know, products like credit cards, for example, is still continuing to expand at quite a large uh, and rapid rate. So I would say it, it, you know, the strategy is broadly twofold. Number one, in the developed markets, mm. it's a case of more kind of holistic penetration across different product lines mm-hmm. and just getting very sharp with that, um, including understanding the consumer as well as you can and so forth and so on. The second part from an emerging markets point of view is just being, it's just making sure we're just on top of those structural trends. That are well, what through. are you seeing in terms of what people are doing with their money? I mean, um, mm. broadly in this region, people still taking up loans, people still interested in getting credit cards. What are you seeing in terms of those data points? Yeah, I think the appetite is still there uh, for credit cards. To be frank, um, we're still seeing we're still seeing that uh, coming through. Um, personal loans, um, you know, frankly, we don't do as much of that uh, across our product lines. But I don't see any any material changes there. Um, like I said, insurance, um, the insurance volumes um, have been picking up, you know, over the past few quarters uh, as well uh, across different insurance categories. So this is an important sector for you, the insurance sector, right? Yeah, I think if you look at, if you look at the level of digital penetration uh, for insurance across all of our markets, um, it's, it's still very, very low uh, at the end of the day. So um, there, is a, there is a strong opportunity to, to capitalize on that. Well, before I let you go, I cannot not ask you a money question, Nawaz. Tell us about one tidbit financial advice that you think our listeners need to really internalize. Look, I would say everybody's situation is very different. Um, I think people need to spend time uh, understanding who they are, what their goals are, um, and then doing the research properly. There's a lot of information that's out there. Now, there's companies like ours that are trying to make that a lot more accessible and understandable. um, But it's also incumbent on the individual, right, at the end of the day, to really understand who they are, what they want to achieve, and get their portfolio mix right uh, from that point of view. I mean, I've been um, sort of uh, you know, I guess you can blame me a little bit for that. And just personally, I, I haven't spent necessarily as much time as I have in the past, as I, should, as I should have in the past, thinking about my own personal financial situation. I think we're all culprits when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that should be, maybe, maybe that should be the New Year's resolution for 2024. Maybe, it sounds good. So don't abdicate your responsibility to any sort of robo-advisor, any site that'll do it for I mean, that's you. Use of, the sites as tools. Yeah, that's part of a portfolio mix, right? And they're, they're all tools and they're very good tools as well. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But think about what you want to achieve mm. in the right way. I really like that. Well, Nawaz, it's been absolutely fascinating getting to know you and thank you for sharing the insights of the Money Hero Group with us.
it was once again a real pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. He's Nawaz Imam Group, Head of Strategy at the Money Hero Group. We will be looking forward to their third quarter results. Financial results will be released Wednesday, December 6th. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.